Hey, welcome in everybody to the Cross Point Church Scripture Podcast. It's so good to have you no matter where you're listening. Um, we're going to get into uh, Scripture of the Day and look at it in context and try to see where it can be applied to our lives. It's my pleasure to be here with you. It's Josiah and uh, I've got Easton with me, Brother Walker. Hello, that's my name. And uh, we're going to dive into the scripture. You know, we're committed to the habits of the Christian life here. And, and one of those foundational habits is loving God's word and diving into it. But we want to do it the right way. So we're going to look at a scripture of the day and uh, look at it in its context and see if we can see Christ in it. So buckle your seatbelt and get your helmet on because here we go. Oh, boy. Um, we got a well-known verse today, but uh, I think we'll be very instructive, especially looking at it uh, from a context. So if you got your Bible with you, if you're looking on the screen or listening at home, go to Romans chapter 12, and uh, it starts off right there at verse 1. Romans 12, verse 1. And uh, reading from the ESV, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So I think this one's a pretty classic verse of the day type verse. I think it's a classic um, when you first get saved, somebody will say, hey, you need to memorize um, these Bible verses and they'll help you. And this is one of them. Um, as we always say on the show, we're, I'm not against that. I don't have, I'm not making fun. I don't have a problem with that. Memorizing this verse, teaching it to new believers is, is a good thing. Um, looking at it just in its own little, so we always talk about context on here. Looking at it in its own little context here, this is a very complete um, thought. So in my in the ESV version, I see three. Um, let's see, one, two, three. Actually, about four sections. Okay. So if we just begin to look at it intelligently and say, okay, what is Paul putting together here? This is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Roman church. It's a unique church because Paul didn't plant it. He's actually wanting to make a trip there and, and get to know them, have him them help him. He wants to help them, and then he wants them to help send him on to do a work in Spain. The uh, In the NLT, which is what I usually start off with, starts with, and so, comma, so. And so. So if you've listened, you know that means something came before. Yeah, that's right. And you guys see the other classic one in there. So your NLT says, and so. The other one is, therefore. Mm-hmm. What's it there for? But even as we look into um, just the scripture itself, just the single verse has four parts, and it might be interesting to see how they fit together. So number one, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. Okay, so first of all, Paul is making an appeal to the to the leaders here at the Roman church. An appeal. That's an old, old school, old fashioned word to say, um, I am really asking you, you know, I am, I'm making a deeply felt request. I, I appeal to you. It's kind of the word you'd use like, um, I appeal to the judge for mercy. Okay. So Paul's saying, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers by the mercies of God. So he calls that in to say, I'm asking you this, and I'm asking you to do this by God's mercy. So that's the foundation. That's where you're going to get the motivation. That's the uh, platform you're going to stand on if you carry out what Paul's asking. So he asks them by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, if you have no familiarity with the Old Testament at all, um, I think that could seem a little strange, although I think it's familiar enough in our culture that you kind of get the point. It's pretty bizarre, and it's supposed to be a living 
sacrifice. I think we know enough, all of us, Bible scholar or not, I think we know enough about a sacrifice to know that it usually when the sacrifice is done, whatever you sacrificed is not living anymore. Right. And so Paul is putting those two words together on purpose to jar your attention. He's saying, hey, I'm not telling you to slit your throat. I'm telling you to become a living sacrifice, to live your life toward God in the same way that uh, an animal's life is completely snuffed out when it becomes a sacrifice. So to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, comma, holy and acceptable to God, comma, which is your spiritual worship, okay? So a powerful verse, and it's neat to watch how it all fits together, that first of all, Paul's asking them. He can't force them to do it. He's just asking. He's asking them to give themselves as a living sacrifice, not because of being a spiritual tough guy or because they're super spiritual now, but to do it because of the mercies of God. (laughs) Isn't that cool? To think about how merciful God has been to you, and in light of that, present your body as a living sacrifice. So not to grit your teeth and be like, man, I'm going to be a Christian if it kills me. But more like, no, because God has been so merciful to me, he can have my life, my all. And he's very specific and says, present your bodies. So he's not talking about some airy, spiritual, uh, pie in the sky, by and by, or some kind of just attitude or anything like that. He's saying, take your real life, your body, the things you do with your five fingers, five you know, 10 fingers, five toes, get, you know, your mouth, your lips, you know, what you do with your body. Whatever you have left on you. Whatever's left, lay it down. <laughs> it's holy and acceptable to God. And Living then back says, then, maybe you could have just five fingers. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, you could now, but it's probably or a little eight. bit more common. Yeah. Exactly. Any number, really. Any number, really. So he says, take that and give it to him. Live towards God as a holy sacrifice. And then he ends it by saying, this is your spiritual worship. So pretty cool. This is your spiritual worship. Mm. All right. Now, um, Easton pointed out the this verse starts with a context cue or clue that says, in light of all this or because of this, or I appeal to you, therefore... So what we need to do, as you guys know, is we need to back up. Oops, I backed up the wrong way. Um, We need to back up and go to 11. And if you go down to, um, I think we'll have to go to 11.25, okay? So Paul, and we don't have time for all this, but a big um, a big part of Paul's ministry and a big part of this letter to the Romans is the fact that God has made one nation in himself so that Jesus Christ, when he died and reconciled people to God, he started with the Jewish nation. Jesus was a Jew. He came and called Jewish guys, 12 of them, to his side to be his disciples. Um, he started the church uh, out of Jewish people on the day of Pentecost. But he sent those Jewish people, starting with Peter. A lot of people think it was Paul was first. It was actually Peter when the centurion sent some people over to his house after the vision of the sheet lowered down, and he um, starts the ministry to the Gentiles. So if you read through the book of Acts, you'll see that God, it was a hard way to go. God had to convince this early church that his grace in Jesus Christ was meant for the Gentiles too. It was a huge part. Paul was actually the, the um, apostle to the Gentiles. It's a huge part of his ministry. That's why he's writing to the Roman church, um, which was primarily made up of Gentiles. And uh, 
all the way through 11, he's talking about that. 9 through 11 is all about the Jewish people and how the Gentiles have been grafted in and so on and so on. And then going on to uh, 11 and 25, it says this, Lest you be wise in your own sight, Gentile Christians, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as we, you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy. There it is. Talking to Gentiles, you were disobedient to God. That's all of us. Well, I'm, I'm, I hope we have some Jewish brothers and sisters listening. But for Easton and myself, we're Gentile believers sitting here reading, disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience. So they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given him a gift to, to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To, uh, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Then you go to 12 and it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. So this massive motivation as to why um, these followers of Christ and why you and I, frankly, should present ourselves as a living sacrifice to God is pulling on the entire salvation story of Scripture from the time that God called Abraham and made him a great nation to the time that Jesus, the Son of God, came from that great nation and became the Savior not only of the Jewish people but also the Savior of the whole world. It's those mercies that Paul is pulling on here. Wow. Yeah, so pretty cool and a big... um, Whenever you, you're you being called to deep obedience to God, it's not because of just some small thing about you or some little thing about how you feel, but rather Paul is asking, he's appealing to the mercies of God, and by the mercies of God, he means all the, all the freight, all the luggage that's come before leading up to verse 12, okay? And then um, looking just a little bit ahead, it says, this is your spiritual worship. Verse 2 gives you the contrast. So verse 1 I'm a living sacrifice. First two, do not be conformed to this world. Okay, this world is not a living sacrifice to God. We've been those of you who know what your life was like before you followed Christ. You were using your body to serve yourself. You know that. You didn't have to be any kind of a huge criminal or bad person. It was just like you know you're pursuing pleasure and uh, success, just like everyone else with any sense who didn't know Christ. And then when you come to live for Christ and you start to realize that living for yourself is actually a, tra- a trap from hell and that it actually has no joy in it, and then you begin to follow him. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If we're wondering what that is, look back up to verse 1. Isn't that, isn't that cool how context works? You can go verse 2, testing may discern what's the will of God, what's good and acceptable and perfect. You say, exactly, Josiah, that's what I want to know. I don't know what his will is. Hey, you can go right up to the context of verse 1. 
the will of God is that you would present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, which mm-hmm. is your spiritual worship. Okay? Mm-hmm. I love it, man. I love that the Bible doesn't leave us hanging. It has a lot of answers in it. Woo. All right, folks. Um, where can we see Jesus in these verses? Look at the cross. Romans 12.1, present your body as a living sacrifice. You need to pull out and look at the cross. That's Jesus' body on there. And uh, look at your communion the next time you go to take communion with your body of believers. This is his body given, broken for you. This is his blood poured out for you. Um, Jesus was a living sacrifice because they killed him, and yet he lives. He was obedient even to the point where they destroyed his body, and for that reason God raised him up, and he lives still, and he's coming back for those who are waiting for him. So if you can't see Jesus in this verse... You're not trying. Yeah, it's pretty. I think it is immediately apparent. And that's. And I'm not even a. I'm just a guy. <laughs> and that was the mercy of God. Jesus was the mercy of God. Isn't that pretty neat? You guys, remember when the angel came to Mary and said, "You'll call his name Jesus because why? He will save his people from their sins." And his name Jesus means God saves. Yeshua. So he is the mercy of God. And um, he he allowed, he what well, he presented his body as a living sacrifice, and we're supposed to take up our cross and follow him. All right, well, you know, I'd love to go on, but thank you for listening to Crosspoint Scripture Podcast. Um, we love having you along. Remember, if you enjoy listening, and uh, especially if this is helping you, if this is helping you in your daily Bible reading, then would you suggest it to a friend? And we'll see you next time. Peace.